This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3602 for Tuesday, the 24th of May 2022. Today's show is entitled Hacker Stories April 2022. It is hosted by Operator and is about 26 minutes long. It carries an explicit flag. The summary is Origin Story and Trouble in School. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hacker Public Radio with your host, Operator. I've got tons of topics, so I'm going to start going through them. The feedback I've gotten is the hacker stories are pretty popular, so I'm going to try to do one of those, followed by one of the other million topics that I have here. I've got, I mean, a list probably of, I don't know, maybe 50, 100 <laughs> of topics. So there's no shortage of topics, just a shortage of people and time. Anyways, this one's going to be about kind of a high school origin story. And also the other one I picked for today is a mouse jacket. And it is a human interface device kind of sniffing tool. So anyways, I'll kind of talk about origin story, sort of how I landed in information security and, and that, having that background. Pretty cut cookie cutter for for my generation as it were i was born in 80 started out you know my dad was in technology and typewriters and fixing speakers and stuff um i started getting into i guess once we got our first pc started getting into video games pretty standard stuff um what starts to get interesting is i would have neighbors and friends across the street and they would get viruses on their computer, and I would help them get rid of them. And I could specifically remember a Bart Simpson virus with uh, the logo was Bart Simpson, and I would like manually remove before antivirus was a thing. I would kind of manually remove viruses from people's computers and do that kind of stuff. Started to get more familiar with networking and interested in that. I. I wasn't super interested in security. I just wanted video games to work. I wanted to kind of cheat sometimes. Never got into memory stuff. I wasn't smart enough or didn't have the attention span or anybody to help me do any of the, the memory stuff for video games. So a lot of it was just running pre-existing you know, game cheat engine stuff. But I think in high school it started, You know, I was the guy that was at the computer lab all the time and that's when computers were starting to get popular inside of schools. Kind of had some friends to hang out with, and we would do stuff like host Duke Nukem, which is a platform or a, a 3D game like Doom. And we would play setup. I would set up, host the game, and say, okay, at 12 o'clock, I'm going to host the game in the library. You join it wherever you are in your class. And we would play multiplayer in the middle of the day at school, um, Duke Nukem. Um, so that was kind of middle school, high school, whenever Duke Nukem was super popular. And what I what I had had at the time is that you know they were kiosks at the lab, the student lab. So they had all the hotkeys down and they had the desktop locked down, and more or less it was locked down just by GPO policies and stuff. So they were kind of kiosks, but. One thing they did forget, which a myriad of things now, if I 
or to do a pen test for them. If you hit the F3 button in Windows, back then at least, yeah, it's not a thing anymore now, but you hit the F3 button in Windows and it would bring up the little quick search bar, which would search for stuff, which I miss to this day. The Windows search is, is garbage, but that's a different different episode altogether. So that would bring up the Windows search, which would allow you to browse around the network and look for stuff. So that ended up being a place, finding a place where I could read, write to the network shares. So, you know, I realized that I could start putting stuff on there instead of bringing it in on, you know, 15 floppies. So I started bringing in things and different games like Grand Theft Auto and Duke Nukem and other games. And these are, you know, ultra-violent games that are sitting on school computers. Um, at the time, you're just, you know, you just think it's fun and you want to, you know, mess around. So started doing that. Then people started realizing that that's what I was doing. And, of course, I showed them because, you know, that's what people do. Um, and I showed them how to do it, showed them how to copy files on there. And everything was kind of hunky-dory. There were, you know, a couple of people copying stuff on to the shares and playing games. And everything was happy. Everybody was happy. Nobody, the teachers obviously didn't know what was going on. You know, they, you know, at that time, they didn't really have ultraviolet games until kind of after Doom or Duke Nukem. You know, that's when parents and teachers kind of really thought that this was going to be a problem. Anyways, um, it came what actually happened is at one point in time, somebody came to me and they said, you know, took me to the principal's office. I sat in there and, you know, they hand me this stack of paper that's like, I don't know how many sheets. It's like 50 sheets of paper or something insane. It's just a stack of paper about half an inch thick of all the files that were copied onto the network. And they're like, you know, did you do this? Probably blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you know, these are mine. I copied these on here, but I don't know who did the rest. I have no idea. So what ended up happening is that one of the kids had brought in, um, I think it was Grand Theft Auto, on floppy disks. <laughs> and one of those floppy disks had had a virus on it for whatever reason. and uh, Or maybe it was tag. I don't think they had heuristics back then. But anyways, he had put a virus on the the school you know, network, essentially, with these 15 floppies. And then I guess when they ran an antivirus or maybe they were scanning it looking stuff after they figured out about it um they use that to kind of say "Ooh, this is a bad thing not only are you copying stuff on here there's a virus on here and uh, you know things could go bad for us whatever um so that came about and i think i got like suspended or something like that that was pretty much the end of that nothing really i mean i didn't it didn't it didn't stop me from doing silly stuff like that. You know, there's Novell Networks and messing around. So past that was Lanier Tech. Kind of fast forward till, till I'm older. Lanier Tech was previously not a technical college, but later, after I left, they had a technical, a technical college, you know, label or whatever. They were officially a college. But anyways, I was there. I have no idea what years it was, but when I was there... There were some people that I was friends with. I was friends with kind of the networking guy. He was Russian dude or something, kind of a language barrier there. But he he appreciated me and kind of respected me and knew that I knew what I was talking about. And then we had this other girl who was, you know, she drove like a Range Rover and she was, you know, kind of like I code and basic or whatever, visual basic. And I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm all that in a bag of chips or whatever. Um, and she was kind of the assistant to, you know, kind of the lab people at the, the linear tech. And she, you know, kind of tried to help me stuff and I kind of tried to help her with stuff and we were kind of friends. And one day I came into the library or the lab and, um, which often if I was bored or whatever before class or after class, I would go into that lab and she was there kind of a lab, you know, lab chaperone or whatever. And that was kind of her unofficial job. And I thought to talking, you know, around and saying, Hey, you know, if y'all are looking for anybody to help you with all this gear, this networking gear and, you know, manage the lab or manage the network, I, I can do that or, you know, get paid or not get paid. I don't care. I just wanted to learn. Like I saw a lab with computers and the funny thing was, is that their firewall had one of those old style analog lamp timers on it. And I don't know if you all have ever seen them, um, but it's a dial and you might've seen them at your grandma's house. It's a little dial and it makes a sound, a clicking sound. And as it turns around each hour, you can pop the dip switches on this dial and it's an analog uh, relay. So at six o'clock, you can have it reboot the, the, the firewall. And what was happening from what I understand, the firewall was like logs were filling up or something. And then the, the firewall would just die or whatever it is. So their solution was to like reboot the firewall every night or something. And that would clear whatever the problem was that they systemic problem was that they kept having instead of actually trying to figure out what the problem was upgrade the firmware or whatever so anyways that's how kind of the lab was set up it was you know like any educational excuse me educational network it's you know held together with glue and band-aids so that came across as you know wanting to learn more or whatever so she's in the library and as she's doing stuff i go to log in and we I don't think we had a login process at the labs at linear tech because it was all new stuff um, and you could just walk up and get on the computer so someone must have done something bad at some point in time causing this other program to be installed and this program was just like a little silly pop-up window and it said you know put in your social security number basically your student ID which back then was not kosher, but everybody did it. So you put in your social security number and then you log in. And after I did that, I realized that sounds sketchy. Like I don't, it just didn't seem like it was, it was super on the, on the nose. So usually you can see some branding, you know, you know, blah, 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 you know, kiosk buy, and then a company name, like, you know, edge safe or something like it's some kind of indication that it's not some wackadoo that coded it. So I'm, you know, looking at it and you know, I notice it's an access file and I kind of can run a brute forcer on it and I pop it open and it's got not only social security, it's got the name and address of the students and I think maybe their birth dates or something even like that. I think they just like straight up took the whole entire instead of like unique ID and then binding that on the back end to some secure file somewhere, they just like straight up put the student database and just like in a CSV file or access database file with a weak password on it. So I'm in there poking around and I'm like, man, this thing's weird. I don't know. It's like, where is this, where does this come from? And the library is like, man, you know, you better, you better stop. 
you know, you're going to get in trouble. Somebody, you know, this is not right or whatever. And I'm like, I was just curious to understand, like, this didn't seem on the up and up. It seemed like, you know, it was not something that they bought. It was like something somebody made somewhere within the school. So, you know, days later go by and all of a sudden I had no indication at all. I was sitting in a class and, um, you know, Mr. You know, the security guard or whatever picks me up and pulls me out of the room and escorts me off of the site. And later I realized that what had happened is that she had actually written that program. She was telling me she was going to, I was going to get in trouble because, you know, I was calling her baby ugly, essentially. Um, she reported that as me messing around. And I don't think that was, that wasn't it. It was actually kind of, that was extra cannon fodder to go along with with what, what else happened. What what happened prior to that, I think, was that the website had been compromised by, um, oh my God, uh, Microsoft Front Page, which is an old front page vulnerability. And, and the website was replaced with like some anime character and some weird like icon mouse over style like tagging that was in the source code. And I couldn't read any of it. It was like in Spanish or French or something. Um, it was like some weird language. It wasn't, it wasn't Spanish. It was like French or something else that I couldn't look at and recognize. And this was before like Google translator or anything like that. Um, so I just assumed it was, you know, some, you know, drive by, try by pen testers or whatever that would just, they scan the whole internet and then they tag. All they do is they run, you know, skitties, they run tools and they scan the whole internet and then they, pop thousands of websites at once, replacing it with their whatever tag. And then they can say that they hacked into, you know, 200 websites or whatever. So this is one of these simple drive-by things. They popped it, replaced the, you know, homepage index.html with, you know, some anime character and some weird tag. And I let them know, you know, I think I told the girl or someone else. <clears throat> and uh, they, excuse me, they were looking around for for kind of someone to, to blame, I guess. I don't know. But come to find out, they had written up this whole wackadoo thing. And I'll, if I remember, I'll put it in the show notes. But basically, they said, I hacked. You know, at one point in time, somebody asked me jokingly. They're like, hey, you know, did you hack the website to get a job? And I was like, ha, 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 yeah, funny, whatever, okay. And, you know, I jokingly kind of said that that's, you know, what I did when they asked me. Um, and somehow that got out. I don't know, but whatever ended up happening, they blamed me for this. And they said, you know, they had logs of me logging onto the computer and messing with the software and whatever. And I'm like, those two, those two events are completely on different days. The day I was in the lab was completely either way after, you know, the, the website got compromised. So had I had any kind of representation, there or not, it would have been fine. They they said I was going to get kicked out for a semester. It ended up being, you know, like a whole year. So I had to transfer, and it was kind of a mess. And I ended up dropping out. I didn't even get an associate's um, in school. So uh, I think that's kind of mostly what happened. Um, my mom, of course, wasn't too happy. She, you know, she kind of understood what was going on, and she called it like a, a kangaroo court. And I'll never remember that 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 thing because she was like this is all just stupid i know you're not malicious you know you don't 
do things for bad, you know, and just because you like anime doesn't mean that and a website gets hacked with anime on it doesn't mean that that's not causality. Like, that's not <laughs> enough to, you know, convict somebody. So that's kind of when I learned, you know, if you're going to take a shit in somebody's yard, um, make sure you're, you know, doing it through a proxy or you're not actively doing something that's, you know, going to upset somebody that can that can get upset at you or whatever. Um, you know, if you're going to mess around with somebody in computers or if you're going to mess around with hacking, hack something that's already dark or black, like card forums, or I wouldn't start card forums because they'll tear you apart. But, you know, some kind of weird, you know, you get these spam emails with, like, referral links, um, and you'll get some weird, you know, forwarded off to some weird spam website that just all they do is spam, spam, spam. Um, but you, you still actually want to be careful with those sites because, you know, they get a hold of you and they get dox you and make your life a living hell but at least with with them you're not like legally you know yeah you might get doxed and you know you lose all your grandma's money or something but at least you're not left with um some kind of uh let me gotta snooze this stuff um some kind of lasting you know record that you did something illegal anyways that's not advice uh for for kids to learning to hack but that's just kind of one way to keep away from getting essentially in trouble because what are they going to do call the cops like they're not going to if they're in a legal operation and run out of you know russia they're not going to like call the feds on you because they're illegal themselves trying to sell fake drugs or something um that's pretty much it for the linear linear tech thing i transferred um i automated my um my tests um so one of them was a well i took a a windows course like a windows you know active directory course or whatever wasn't paying attention and you know at the end of the class i turned in my grade and i course i got like a 85 or something and the instructor was like oh i'm surprised blah 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 yeah you basically don't pay attention in class blah 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 i'm like well this is you know, this is the only thing I can do. Like, I get this stuff. Like, I don't have to study for anything. I just do it. And then I, you know, retain that because I physically did it. That's just how my brain works. So he was surprised. And then another one had, like, a, a Cisco class. And I ended up going to the Networking Academy, and they said I could pick it up and finish, or I thought I could pick it up and finish. So it was four parts, four semesters. And I took two semesters and then took a break for two semesters and said, okay, next year when it comes back around, I'll finish the other two. And they said, oh, well, it's been, have, you know, it's been a year and we've changed our curriculum, like four questions. We've changed our curriculum and you have to start over from scratch. I was like, that, I'm not doing that, whatever. But I had written scripts to um, automate the configuration of the, the routers for the class. So if you had the test, you just go boop, 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 run your script and it was done, like an input script basically. Um, I also, they had the networking academy. I don't think they had that anymore. It was all in flash and it was God awful to, to search for. I essentially didn't learn. <clears throat> I didn't memorize anything for the test. What I did is I created a script that would go and pull all of the, um, it was like a generic login that I found all of the login, all of the, the content into a giant text document. And then I had it split up to each chapter. And then when you had the test, all you had to do was alt F4 or control F4 and search for, you know, keywords in the question and then just read that little snippet and answer the question. So 
you know, I never really learned the layers of the OSI model because I copied and pasted my way through. It, strangely enough, ended up helping someone incidentally, and people were printing out entire chapters in the printer, which was kind of wasteful. Um, that's the whole point of, of digital stuff. But people were uh, printing out entire chapters, and we had a vision-impaired guy. And if you, if any of you remember Flash, Flash was one of those things that was not vision-impaired friendly. I mean, the Internet was not vision-impaired, and it still is not vision-impaired friendly. Um, he, he, he used it to um, zoom in the text, and he could actually see the text. Because on the actual website, you, you couldn't really zoom in, and everything was kind of broken. So I inadvertently had helped somebody that had, you know, vision impaired stuff. I thought that was kind of an interesting outcome to, you know, messing with something or playing with something or finding a different way to do something with computers. You create something that you think is interesting or useful and somebody else can take that and do something with it and blow your mind. Um, you know, it doesn't happen a lot, but when it does, it's, quite gratifying this that somebody could take your idea or take your work and use it for something you would never have thought to use it for and you know combine it with something else um and kind of go from there but anyways um let's see the other one was the, my final and i switched to networking from the cisco stuff so the cisco stuff i was like done with it they're jackals they're you know just a bunch of money grabbing whatever's anyways that was when CISSP would guarantee you like, you know, 85K or not CISSP, but um, CCNA. CCNA would like guarantee you, you know, ridiculous amounts of money. And that's what I was aiming for. And since they, you know, did pull the red tape on me, I said, forget this. <clears throat> I'm out. I'm done. I'm going to go figure something else out. And they said, oh, you can, you can do, you know, Linux and networking or something like that. Um, so I switched over to that, which was actually more interesting, and I learned more there, which kind of led down the track of me being Linux, Unix kind of centric as far as services go and security. But for my final, it was dual boot, which means nobody dual boots anymore, but you would have, uh, you would boot up the computer and you'd have a menu, and that would be like the bootloader menu, Grub or Grub2 now, and then Windows had its own bootloader which I think can do dual boot too, actually. Um, but it's easier just to have Grub2 now. Anyways, dual boot means you can have two different operating systems installed on your computer, and when it boots up, you can pick which one you want or have it default to, like, Windows. So the idea back then is that, ooh, people don't have enough money for two computers, and it's, you know, expensive to have two computers. We'll show people how to dual boot so that, you know, you can play around with Linux and then go back to Windows. I mean, let's all be honest, 90% of people in school were Windows-centric people. So they would, you know, you would have a dual boot set up and so you can go boot into Windows if you wanted to and boot into Linux if you wanted to play around with Linux, you know, desktop environment, which to this day, Linux desktop is just a hot mess. I, I, I'll argue that and... and Till the, till the end of days. Anyways, so what I did for my final is that my final was uh, was to show um, a, an empty drive, right? And then to install, I guess it was Windows or Linux. The easy way to do it was to install Linux and then install Windows on top of that. No, it was to install Windows, 
and not take up the whole disk and then leave some space for Linux. And then you would install Linux on top of that. And Linux would install the Grub bootloader and it would give you the choice between Windows and Linux to boot up. So for my final, you know, we had however many hours a day to, to do the final. So for my final, I knew that's what the requirements were. And he's like, show me an empty drive and then show me that it's dual boot. And I said, cool. I pre set it all up. I had the dual boot set up. I installed Windows and Linux, had it set working. And then I used the floppy drive, which that was what we were using back then. I used the floppy drive to back up the bootloader or the, the MFT, the, the partitions. So I backed up the partitions onto the floppy disk, and then I erased the partition, just the partition information on the hard drive. So when it came down to do the, um, came down to do the, um, to the final, the guy's like, all right, he go makes his rounds. He sees when he comes to my computer, he sees that the drive's empty, and then like three minutes later, you know, I restore the disk um, partition. And, you know, he's like, what? And he comes over and looks and he's, he's, gen he's literally, he's genuinely confused as to how I was able to do it. And then when I told him, oh, I just backed up the partition table and he, he was kind of like, okay, well, this guy obviously knows what's going on. He's learned enough and he kind of gave me, you know, a free pass for the final and I didn't actually have to install it. He just, I said, well, you, this is your requirements. This is what you said needed to be done. And I did it. You didn't say I couldn't back up the partition table and just be done in like four minutes. So that was kind of my, my exit out of uh, linear tech. Um, that was before I got ejected with the whole, the whole, uh, you know, quote unquote hacking thing. Um, it's pretty much as, as far as school goes, that was after linear tech. I didn't do a whole lot of school. I did some training and stuff, but um, that's our redacted story for today. Uh, I've got a few other ones, um, good enterprises and Chrome DGN shenanigans, um, doing your job and getting fired, um, um, soccer game, denial of service, scares, um, Best Buy, automation, uh, job automation and web inspect guys way back. Um, web application scanners and uh, kind of getting getting fired for just doing my job and making sure things are secure type of deal. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed it and I didn't ramble on too much. Um, have a good one. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by anhonesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.